live streamers and welcome. We're going to be doing an episode. It's Sunday. It is a day of rest for the World Series, but not for Locked On MLB. We're going to be talking a little bit about the state of the World Series, the state of the Astros, who I think are in great shape, even though they split the first two games. And we are going to be taking a drink because it is time for a little bit of bourbon and baseball with the host of Bourbon and Baseball, that would be Susie Felton. And this is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am indeed your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Check out my lower third there. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been podcasting for over 10 years right now about baseball, and this is my fourth year. We're wrapping up with the Lockdown Podcast Network. And you can find some of my other work. It's, I've been on HBO talking baseball. I've read stuff for USA Today. Uh, did I mention Miami? No, I'm not sure. I did stand-up comedy. Did a lot of filmmaking. Uh, a lot of cool stuff like that. Hey, follow us at Lockdown and Milby Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And you can follow me. I'm Paul Sully, but Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, yeah, as I mentioned... It's a day off for the World Series. Everyone's regrouping. Everyone's flying to Philadelphia. Who would have thought we'd be going to Philadelphia for the World Series? But here we are. They're chanting, let's go Phillies at the Eagles game. And the Astros are in very good shape. I mentioned that on the Saturday podcast. Even though they split the series, I think their pitching staff is lined up. And I think that a lot of things are going their way, even though they lost that first game, which was a tough one. Do you know what? In the end, I think they're still in very good shape with their pitching lined up and to go forward and win this year's World Series. But enough of me yapping about them. I've been bringing someone who lives, breathes, and dies by the orange color that is the Astros. And when she's starting to feel badly about them, she grabs a drink of bourbon, is the host of the Bourbon and Baseball podcast, Susie Fulton. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Sully? I'm doing great. Thanks for being a guest on the show. I know you've been on uh, Locked on Astros with our mutual friend, H-Town Wheelhouse, uh, or whatever his real name is. But uh, you are a diehard Astros fan. I can tell by your closet we have behind you. Yes, I am a diehard Astros fan, and uh, my husband lovingly set all of this stuff up uh, for me when I decided to uh, go ahead and start a podcast. So a lot of this stuff is... Um, stuff from his collection that he had and then stuff that that I've collected over the the couple of years that that I've been collecting stuff so all right we're going to get into your podcast and uh everything about that a little bit later but I want to just jump cannonball right into this world series situation um let's do it we are right now we've had the two games (laughs) obviously the Phillies had the remarkable comeback remarkable for Phillies fans in uh game one which resulted in the six to five victory one where Castellanos made the sliding catch 
with two outs in the ninth inning, that ball fell just a little bit in front of him, we'd probably be talking about a 2-0 series lead for the Astros right now. But as it was, the Astros rebounded. And I think that shows a lot about this team, that they had a gut punch of a loss and they responded with an excellent outing by Valdez, timely hitting right out of the gate. I mean, took the wind right out of any potential Phillies momentum by getting the first, I think the first three of the first four pitches were doubles, if I'm not mistaken. And Altuve getting off the mat. He was the offensive star of game one with the three hits, including the double and scoring the first, because that set the tone, even with being the caught steal. Um, Getting an Altuve back and responding uh, I think is going to mean a lot for the Astros and having a good solid showing of it when they go back to Philadelphia. 1000%. Um, it, he was, he looked like he was coming back that last, uh, last game at the ALCS against the Yankees mm-hmm. and, you know, went two for four and he looked like his timing was, was coming back slowly, but surely. And I told one of my friends uh, game two by game two, he's, he's going to be locked back in and sure enough, multi-hit game. And and he's back. So. Yeah, I mean, it was also, I mean, it's funny that the Pena who's batting behind him, uh, obviously he was the ALCS most valuable player, got a key double yesterday. That I think he got the double to drive in Altuve on the second pitch of the game. Yep. But he could also sometimes look so fooled. I mean, there there's there's no middle ground for Pena, which we have to remember the kid's a rookie. The kid, I think, is 14 years old. I may be wrong about that. I, oh, he's a little bit older than that, and and I know this because uh, if he if he was fourteen years old, I, I there would be a, lots of lots of trouble, lots of legal issues. So he's a little bit older than that. Made sure. So, okay. Why yeah, did you yeah. give him some bourbon and the bourbon? Definitely illegal. No, okay. no, 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 no. None of that. None of that. But you know, there there are a lot of cougars in in Houston. So you know, it's it's a little mountainous. That, can be, began, not really. that is a reference, of course, to the University of Houston Cougars. Yes. But yes. and by the way, as a Washington State University grad, go Cougs. But I digress. <clears throat> um, it was a it was a very good showing. I mean, if the Phillies jumped on Valdez, and I actually. Th- you know, I thought it was a very dangerous game for the Astros because Wheeler has been the best pitcher on the Phillies staff. Wheeler has pitched very well uh, for the most part in the postseason. And with that just completely unlikely victory in game one, handing the ball to Wheeler, if I were an Astros fan, I'd be thinking, wait a second. I mean, you know, Valdez obviously has had a terrific season, but Valdez also got smacked around the World Series last year. And Verlander had a terrific season, too, and he got smacked around. And the, there's one thing we've learned about the Philadelphia Phillies in this year's postseason, and that is trying to predict how they're going to do is an act of futility. So handing the ball to Wheeler down 0-1 in the series, as someone who is, for you know, all, you know, basically full discretion, I'm rooting for the Astros. I'm, I'm in the minority but I really want to see Dusty Baker win a championship. Uh, that's the main, uh, that, that's the same reason I rooted for them last year. But we saw last year, this team get wobbly when they got punched by the Braves. And this took a lot to make sure that they, they counter punched right out of the gate. I think the, my 
I wouldn't say saving grace with Wheeler being getting the ball this time was the fact that they handed the ball to Nola to begin with. The fact that they needed or they the Phillies felt like they they wanted to give Wheeler an extra day of rest kind of mm-hmm. gave me pause to think is he is he not is he not 100%? Like why does he need an extra day of rest? You know, cuz typically you would you would think it would go Wheeler Nola as opposed to Nola Wheeler. So the fact that they gave Nola the ball first to give Wheeler the extra day gave me a little pause. And I was thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe he's not 100%. And then the fact that, you know, right out of the gate we started with three doubles was like, oh, all right. I don't I don't think he's at 100%. You know, I think, you know, he's leaving when – he, when he did miss, he would leave them out over the plate. And so um, <clears throat> thinking and looking back at his last performance um, in their, in their uh, CS, he didn't look – quite as as sharp either so you know i don't know if it's the length of the season or you know whatever but or it could be a fluke i mean verlander looked terrible his first start against seattle then he looked very good his next start i mean they could have you know he could have a bad outing i felt it was less about giving wheeler an extra day arrest and more about the fact that nolo would be sitting around for a really long time and they didn't want him sitting around that extra day that's at least the that's what was fed to me. And why would Rob Thompson lie to me? He has uh, he has all of our best interests in heart. So that's true. That's true. So um, and so in the game, let me just ask you. I mean, look at uh, game one was a potential gut punch for Astros fans, and yet the entire game, I just felt even when the the Phillies came back to tie the game, I just assume the whole time the Astros were going to get the big hit at one point. And, you know, when they got the, the on and the little, the, you know, the little flare that was caught by Castellanos, obviously in the ninth inning, um, after you know, Altuve stole, you know, if that ball had dropped for the Pena hit, that would have been a victory. Uh, Rio Milto homers. But then you have the walk, the, du- the double, the walk, the wild pitch, uh, Diaz kind of tried to diving in, trying to try to pull the uh, the Rodney Dangerfield in, you know, Caddyshack. Oh, my arm! And uh, not quite. He should have let that pitch before him hit, but that's easy for us to say. We're not the ones standing in the box. Yeah. But when the wild pitch happened, I just said, "Okay, we all know what's going to happen. It's going to be a little bloop that hits that little Bermuda's triangle, or a you know, a little flare or something like that." And uh, you know, it didn't happen. Uh, as a as a fan who's has seen their share of gut punches, uh, did you feel that sense of oh, we're going to win this anyway, or were you thinking I can't believe this is slipping away from us? Um, <clears throat> I was. I had the I can't believe it's slipping away from us because my fandom of Aledmus Diaz has just basically shriveled away to nothing. I, <laughs> he had, he, he was going, he was going real well earlier on in the season. Um, and between him and Mancini and that DH spot, I've just, it is a, it is a, just a pit of rage yep. for me at this point in time. And I, I think I may have officially started the petition for David Hensley to start in the DH spot. I, DH for DH, and that's what I want. So you know, I'm sure Dusty Baker definitely, definitely listens to my opinion. But you know, as well, he should. Yes. Now wait a second. 
Um, has Hensley even gotten in? Not in the World Series. I thought he would maybe get in in the CS. He got some hits in the DS, um, but I don't think he was in at all in the CS. I have to go to Baseball Reference Commons' single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth uh, to look this up. David Hensley, who played, but let's let's remember, he played twenty. He played less than twenty games in the regular season. Uh, he no, he did not play in either the championship series or the World Series. He was hit by a pitch in uh, um, the league champ in the league division series against DS, Seattle. Yeah. So that's why he has an OPS of 500. Um, well, do you want look at? I don't know. I can't, point, it can't. It can't be any worse. It can't be any yeah. worse than what we're currently getting. So you know the you know what the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and not working right. So. Well, look at um, all I know is that if you put in Mancini or if you put in uh, Diaz, then it is an absolute surefire bet that they are going to make it out at the worst time. And if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online! It's where the game starts. We're here with Astro fanatic Susie Fulton, the co-host or one of the hosts of Bourbon and Baseball, funny podcast, and catch them on YouTube. Catch them on. Are you on also the the podcasting catchers that people could follow the show if they just want to listen to them in the earbuds? Yes, Apple, Spotify. I want to say we're on the other ones. I'm not positive on that, but Apple and Spotify for sure. That's a good start. And on the YouTube's, you can see you too on the YouTube's. Now for for now, let's just make it very clear. I just want to get into this a little bit right now. Uh, tell us a little bit okay. about your. You co-host it with uh, it's Susie and Shell. Yes. Who would Shell be? Why is she not here? And why is it bourbon and baseball? So and I will remind uh, you that you're under oath. Shelby Miller is my co-host, and um, she turns into a pumpkin quite early on school nights. She okay. is a teacher, and as so am I. Um, and you, as am I, you'll notice that I'm up. Yes, but, but they get it she, to Los Angeles two hours earlier. So exactly. Um, actually, you know, no, she is a counselor, I think. So, um, oh, but she God. she teaches all of the young minds. So she needs all of her sleep to deal with all of the sass that that they need. They need. So she turns into a pumpkin quite early. Um, but Shabby and I started this podcast basically to talk about baseball with someone on our level of fandom, so that our significant others. I didn't have to listen to us anymore. And so um, I actually, funny story, in my real life, I am a photographer. And I actually took Shelby's um, senior high school pictures many, many moons ago. And so we've known each other for years. So we started we started Bourbon and Baseball basically because of the alliteration. We liked, I liked the uh, the B and the B. And it was, it was between Bourbon and Baseball or Alcohol and Astros, like, that was yeah, those I were our two choices. Right I think you picked the right one. So we drink we drink bourbon, we drink other various alcohols as well. Um, but 
We, we drink, we talk about baseball, we have a good time. Now, I want to make sure everyone realizes that this is Shelby Miller, not the former St. Louis Cardinal pitcher. No. Who I believe, wasn't Shelby Miller the person that the Braves traded? Yeah, it is. He's the one. He was traded from the Cardinals to Atlanta in the Jason Hayward trade. And then Atlanta flipped him for Ender and Ciarte, but most importantly, Dansby Swanson. So, um, but Shelby Miller, who's still, hey, he's still collecting a paycheck. He uh, pitched for the Pittsburgh Pirates this year uh, and made an all-star team, lest we forget, was an all-star with the uh, the Braves in 2015. Had two pretty good seasons with the Cardinals. Uh, Got to be on a team that played the playoffs for a team that went to the World Series in 2013. He's had a nice career. People like to dump on that trade because it cost them – Nancy Swanson, but you know, they, it's not like it was a chump who was traded, but yeah. he didn't just definitely, work out in Arizona. But that is not your not, co-host. No, that definitely not, not that Shelby Miller. The other okay. Shelby Miller, yes. The other Shelby Miller. Okay. Yep. Now, I, I completely understand the need to need to talk to someone uh, who gets baseball at a certain level because I, 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 I have a thing that if I don't know something about a topic – I tend not to jump into a conversation about the topic, and I tend to listen to people who know what they're talking about. My brother Ted has said to me, um, he said, you either know everything about something or nothing about something. There's no middle ground. I said, yeah, it's probably true. That's probably true. And when I listen, but I love listening to people talk about something I don't know anything about because I I, I hear the enthusiasm of everything. But when someone wants to talk baseball, I'll never forget, and I was teaching in the Bay Area. I was up north, and someone wanted. So you're a big baseball fan. I said, Yeah, yeah. So I'm a huge Giants fan. I said, Oh, great, great. He said, Do you know my favorite player is? I'm thinking, Okay, we're going to talk about Jeremy Affel. We're going to talk about you know you know Travis Ishikawa. We're going to dig dig deeper and talk about maybe Brandon Crawford or you know something like that. And they said, Buster Posey. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Congrats! You picked the okay. Really, right. boy, you, you you really put your neck on the line on that one. You oh, you like Buster Posey as a Giants fan? Hold All on, right. let me write that down in my tally here. And um, you know, or like I was talking to someone this year in like June, who claimed he said I'm the biggest Yankee fan in the world. I said okay, and then the next sentence he said, Aaron Judge is still on the team, right? <laughs> Was he was he a fan of of the of the Yankee teams when they won the like the twenty seven rings like, like yeah that era yeah, of Yankee yeah he fans? was a, he was in the championship back when they actually got into the World Series okay. we're talking okay. several decades ago Long and um, and I'm thinking you know what I think the biggest Yankee fan in the world would be aware that Aaron Judge is still cashing a check for the New York Yankees so I get it yeah I I yeah. started podcasting for that same reason too so let's go back you're you're an Astros fan are you are you a native of Houston? You grew up in I'm Houston? Not. I'm not. Okay. No, I originally, uh, I originally grew up in Vegas and okay. moved to Texas uh, about 17-ish, 18 years okay. ago. Okay. So, and quite honestly, hated baseball for a long time. A very, very long time. Uh, my husband was a huge baseball fan, played baseball growing up, played baseball in the minors, and um, would always get to try like and make me watch baseball. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch baseball. 
So 2017 came around, still didn't watch baseball. He made me watch the World Series. I fell asleep during game five. He woke me up at the end of game five yelling, Bregman walked it off. He walked it off. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. I know what all of those words mean individually, but you Mm -hmm. put them together in a sentence. And I don't, I don't know what you mean. What what are you talking about? I was like, did you guys win? Is that, is that what you mean? And he, and he was just, just so disgusted with me. He's like, yes, Mm -hmm. that means we won. And I was like, oh, okay. Congratulations. Hooray. And I go, did you really wake me up from a, from a deep slumber to tell me this? And he was so mad. He's like, yes, yes, I did. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Didn't know any of the players. Didn't really know anything. Um, Wasn't super aware. I was like, I don't understand why Jose Altuve is over there if he's playing second. Like, isn't second base over there? And my husband, can I just watch game? Okay. I'm like, but why is the shortstop so tall? I don't, I don't understand. Like, shouldn't, that's the name of the. Is Jose Altuve the short? He's like, no, Carlos Gray is the shortstop. I was like, oh, okay. Didn't I? I didn't. I really, really, truly didn't understand anything to do with baseball. I thought it was the most boring thing in the entire world. And then um, 2018 season started, and I started kind of looking into it and kind of getting into mm-hmm. it again, and wanting to figure out exactly why everybody was so obsessed with this this Astros team and baseball in general. And then kind of fell in love. Wow, that's an you know what it's funny because you you do have an you have an interesting origin story because most people I know either grew up with it they were handed down and it's sort of like you know for me I don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't obsessing about baseball there's pictures of me age five or six flipping through the baseball encyclopedia and memories and the stats but like it's 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 interesting that you were brought into it you were brought into it at a time of when they were they were good. good yeah yeah so I, I so i don't know anything about the lastros or none of or, that I, or back when they were a national league team when they lost yeah. they got swept by the white Sox. that's no, what i was going to ask if that. you had you know who like you know well so many, no, many... We, we do have um like when i say the old the old era we have lots of like bgo bagwell um let's see so the top I'm guessing no Cesar Cedeno, J.R. Richard, or Enos Cabell are back there. Uh, I have, let's see, I have a Hidalgo, I have a Doggy, Milo Hamilton, Jose Cruz, Jose well, What is it? Are those cards you're pointing at? What are you pointing um, at? So are those, up, up top. Is it DNA? I mean, are you cloning Astros? What are you doing back there? You're not, Sully, you're not supposed to give it away. That was Sorry, a secret. Like, Jeez. It's like oh, Jurassic Park with the Astros. We're talking about baseballs here. So we have autographed baseballs up there. Gotcha. Um, the top bat is a Bagwell bat. The autographed bat, the middle one is another Bagwell. Then the bottom was one is a Mike Hampton. So anything that is of that era is is lovingly referred to as my husband's. That That's of his collection. Um, so anything like classic, classic Astros back in the day, any of that, that's his stuff. And then any of the newer, newer players um, will be classified under my, my stuff. Gotcha. Well, look at that. So, yeah. You know, as long as you divide it up now, because I'm not yeah. saying that you aren't going to last because obviously he's, he's introduced to this, but just make sure to, you know, yeah. no, we've, it well. we've, we've, we've defeated it. And why no. the bur? Is it bourbon? Is it? I mean, do you guys just down bourbon while you before you start the show? 
I mean, or is it maybe, just is it just purely the alliteration? I, I don't understand why you got it. There, there was a tone, Sully. There was a tone in that. I don't, I don't appreciate that. No, just kidding. Um, no, it was purely not purely for the alliteration, but it was mainly for the alliteration. Like I said, we we drew we do drink the bourbon, uh, but there is al other alcohol involved as well. But there are we are not of those bourbon drinkers that will open up the bottle and and tell you that there are notes of whatever and swirl it around. No, we're, I'm not. Nope. I've Does never it had taste bourbon good? in my life. I've never had bourbon in my life. So I, I don't. That's oh, okay. uh, so like, you could. I have no idea what those people are talking about. I don't. I don't either. Quite honestly, um, I. I've had very bad experiences with Jack Daniels in college. And so I can't drink any sort of Jack Daniels. So the fact that this is a bourbon and baseball podcast, I've just stretched my limits and, and really so, like go and drink the bourbon. If I, if I was Superman I and I spun the world backwards to about six years ago, and I would come up to you and say, you were going to have a podcast about baseball and bourbon. You probably would have looked at me as if I had lost my mind and then asked me how I time traveled. Yes. Yeah. No, I would have told you that you were a, a dirty, filthy liar. There, there are actual, there are actual Facebook status updates of mine that I re that I repost talking about how much I disliked baseball. <laughs> I used to call it sports ball. Yeah. And, and then now I look back and um, so I have twin seven-year-old daughters mm -hmm. and every morning I go and wake them up for school. And the first thing out of their mouth, is did we win? What's the well, score? Let's, let let this be a lesson to all of you, for those of you, and that's why. And I make it a point in my life. I never make fun of the stuff that people love. Like, what are you doing loving that? What are you doing loving this show? What are you loving loving the British monarchy or NASCAR or the Kardashians or whatever? Because. They may turn around and say, why are you so obsessed about baseball? And you know what? We all need something like that. And you know what? Before you crap on it, eh, give it a shot. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get into. You don't know what the thing you're going to be. You know, don't always roll your eyes because something's popular with a group. You know, I'll never understand the people who make fun of the those who get dressed up as Spider-Man or Black Panther for a movie premiere and then get dressed up as their favorite baseball player and do a fantasy draft. It's the same thing. You get obsessed, you get obsessed over your fantasy football team and then makes fun of someone who's obsessed over uh, the, the queen and the King Charles and all that. It's the same thing. And you may wind up liking it. Yeah, you may yeah. wind up being Susie, hating sports ball. I don't like sports ball. Like the people on the Super Bowls. I don't care about the Super Bowl. Then don't watch it. I don't care about the American Music Awards at all. At all. I can't think of anything more boring to watch for me. But guess what? For some people, they may say, as I'm designing my day around the World Series, I'm designing my lesson plans around the playoff games. We all need that. Oh, yeah. Now, trust me, Halloween trick-or-treating, first pitch, 7.03, 7.05, we will be done. We will be done trick-or-treating, and I will be parked in front of my TV for first pitch. Well, it's 5 o'clock first pitch here in Los Angeles, which means I'm the guy handing out the candy. No. 
I'll, there would be a bucket outside and be like, here, help yourself. I'll I'll be handing out the candy. And when I'm on the porch, I'll have it on the radio. Actually, really, the the COVID year, I only listened on the radio because I didn't, I didn't like seeing the cardboard cutouts. Ah, all right. And so when I heard it on the radio, I just imagined a full stadium. Okay. Yeah. I actually really like our radio broadcasters, um, Robert Ford and Sparky. Love them. And if there yep. wasn't such a time lag between them announcing and what was actually happening on the TV, I would totally just mute the TV and just listen to them. But yeah, there's I too wish, much of a I lag. Wish that was easier to do, but what are you going to do? All right. We are here with Susie Fulton of Berman Baseball. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, see, there's a few people in the chat right now. Hello, everyone in the chat. If you have any questions, go ahead and throw it in there. Um, I want your predictions of what's going to be happening here. And and let's just remind ourselves the this is being dropped on Halloween. Boo, um, you're going to be going as an Astros fan. I'm assuming uh, it's Noah Syndergaard and Lance McCullers, a really terrific matchup. If we're going back in time to 2016, uh, yeah. we're li- <clears throat> with all the great pitchers out there. The fact that Noah Syndergaard is the one still pitching with Met connection is absolutely bizarre. But I think the Astros have the the leg up on that matchup. And with Suarez, who's, a, who's not a bad pitcher, but right now it's uh, TBD. Um, does anyone know what happened? Is Jose Urquidy, is he okay or is he hurt? What's going on with him? He's still he's still chilling in the bullpen. So he's, he's the main tag repairman, essentially. Yeah. Yep, he's still chilling back there. Um, I mean, between... Our high leverage relievers and you know and our starting rotation it, it it is you know as we say an embarrassment of riches. I mean, heck, Ryan Stanek, who arguably had the the what the lowest ERA in the Astros history, has yeah. still yet to. I mean, I think he touched a baseball twice this entire this entire time, and we're like, hey, where to where's Ryan Stanek? Like, what, what's he doing? So uh, I think if, you know, if worse comes to worse, we can throw Jose Urquidy out for some, for some, you know, long relief. But at this point, I don't think it's necessary unless mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. But if they didn't use him in an 18 inning game, that's saying something. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make a prediction. Um, <clears throat> and this could be dangerous because my predictions tend to be dangerous. Uh, I don't think the series is going to come back to Houston. Really, I think the, I think the trophy is going to come back to Houston, but I don't think the series is going to come back to Houston. I think the Astros Dustin are going to dust themselves off. I think they're going to win on Halloween night. Uh, I think that Game Four will be a back and forth and back and forth, and this one the Astros will hang on to. Then they'll hand the ball to Verlander, and Verlander will right the wrong, and uh, you will see them dancing on the mound in Philadelphia. That's my prediction that the Astros have lost their last game of 2022. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, both Shelby and I think Astros in six. I think okay. it's, I think it's coming back. And I think, I think we win it here, here at home. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I say that is the, the only reason this isn't 2 0 is just a ball that was a matter of inches and that Dusty was kind of caught off guard by how quickly they got to Verlander. I mean, Verlander yeah. looked like he was having a vintage great Verlander start, 
and you're thinking maybe you can go six, seven, maybe we'll yeah. pitch into the eighth to suddenly, oh boy, we better get someone up. And everyone they used with the exception of Garcia worked out of the bullpen. So, I mean, like yeah. it was really just a fluke here or there that caused the series to be a game tied each. I still think the Astros well, are much better. And and that and that comebacker by Rumuto to Verlander mm-hmm. and the, to drop it. I don't I don't know if it was a if it was a mental I mean obviously it was a mental error because you know he dropped it and whatnot, but if it was a mental error mixed with did he tweak something and that's why stuff was off or he just it got into his own head i i don't know but like after that every it just it went to it went to uh poopsville yeah but so. it didn't it didn't go to the next day and that's why i think the astros you know they did not allow it to snowball and i yeah. think that's the difference here well look at i'll tell you what is also going to be the difference here uh susie fulton tell people where they can follow your terrific show we, you can find us on Twitter at Bourbon in B-Ball, the letter N, you see it down there. Um, you We are also on Instagram at Bourbon in Baseball Pod. You can find us on YouTube. Unfortunately, we don't have our handle yet, although we have 56 subscribers now, so we're very excited about that. And, and you can find us on Facebook at Bourbon in Baseball. All so. right. And by the way, thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen today for your second listen Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, the YouTubes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about an unlikely baseball origin story, which went from, oh, I don't like baseball, to I am now making a quarter of my house devoted to it. That's Susie Fulton, the bourbon and baseball. Thanks for being a new friend of the podcast. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please, please call me Sully.